Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. Today, gambling. Big issue in California. Ken, two propositions that will increase gambling. The governor trying to keep it to a minimum, negotiating with Indian tribes. Exciting stuff. Yeah, sounds like a great idea to Great idea to me, John. I, I love a good game of poker, for example, you know, but I don't really think of that as gambling. For me, it's an investment. Well, fools like you are who the state exploits in its uh, drive to, to soak up money from the gambling public. I think it's a, all a, a pretty trashy business myself, Ken. John, lighten up. You know, as long as you know what you're doing and are in control of yourself, gambling is just good, clean, harmless fun. Oh, yeah. Gambling, some people are addicted. Organized crime, prostitution, sleazy casinos. Now the state's involved. Bad stuff. I bet you we philosophers can straighten it out. Ten will get you 20. You can't. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the lovely studios of KALW Information Radio in San Francisco. We're continuing conversations that have been going on for a long time at Philosophy Corner, Stanford University. We're talking about gambling today. What's what's philosophical about, I mean, you've got to be philosophical about your losses, but what, what's philosophical about gambling, Ken? Well, there's all kinds of philosophical issues. There are conceptual issues about gambling. Uh, about gambling. You know, the one question is just, what is gambling? I mean, that's a big philosophical question. That's the old platonic question. What yeah. is gambling? Is there really one thing that is gambling? Mm -hmm. Horse racing and poker and slot machines all really belong to the same kind of activity? I mean, it's clear that all forms of gambling are forms of risk-taking, but there are you know, there's also investment. Is that um, investment is a form of risk taking? What's the difference, if any, between investing and gambling? So, is there some essence to gambling? Something that all forms of gambling have alike that that playing the stock market and uh, investing and insurance and all that stuff don't. So, those are conceptual issues yeah, that ought to give us some philosophical stuff to bite on. There's one more conceptual issue that I mean, because I, you know, I, I have you to think admit, you're I love lucky, to play. Yeah. Yes, I love. I, I think I'm a lucky poker player. Mm -hmm. I'm also a skilled poker player, but I also think. I mean, is luck a coherent concept? Is luck a coherent concept? Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, it seems to me you could look at somebody at the end of their life and say, well, they were lucky or they weren't. But I don't think there's some kind of property you have throughout your life that you can know about and rely on. I've been lucky up till now, but I don't think that's because there's some part of me that means luck. But there's also social issues. I mean, we've got the state of California now that is driving people into gambling, or at least enticing them to gamble with advertisements about what fun it is to win the lottery. Is that is that a socially responsible behavior for a sovereign state? That's a darn good question. I mean, look, because especially if you think about it, the gambling, the gamble that states, not just California, but states all over this country, you know, these mega lotteries, it's just, uh, it's amazing how we've gotten this lottery fever. But the gambles that are, people are enticed into by the states are really bad gambles. The odds are really, 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 really against you. Now, but, uh, you know, the state ought to protect your interests, not not run a confidence scheme on you. I, I if, if you look at the at the Constitution of California, you can see the historical change and ambivalence. Uh, the first thing about gambling is no lotteries. It's outlawed. All kinds of things are outlawed and prohibited. Then you skip down a few things and says, oh, by the way, the state can run a lottery. That's okay. So so what are the social and philosophical yeah. and moral issues? But there's also a personal dimension. Well, yeah, there's one question. Is gambling ever rational? And, you know, unfortunately, it turns out that gambling 
for some people, is highly addictive. I mean, gambling is like the crack uh, slot machines, for example, is like the crack cocaine of gambling. I mean, many people get addicted to this stuff. And you might wonder whether the state should uh, should endorse something that, you know, when we, we ban illegal drugs. Should we, should we do the same with gambling? So, so there's really, should, should it be prohibited if it's addictive? Should it should it at least not not be solicited by the state? Our, you know, our roving philosophical reporter, Amy Stanton, went out to uh, investigate just how addictive gambling can be. She files this report. Gambling is really interesting because it's a behavior. It's not like a substance. It's not like alcohol. It's not like a drug. But it has very potent psychoactive properties. Dr. James Westfall treats patients for gambling and other addictive behaviors at San Francisco General Hospital. There's parts of our brain that are connected to the sense of pleasure, fun, and in nature, they reinforce things that are associated with survival, eating, sex. What we've learned over the last 10 or 15 years is that the drugs of abuse sort of interact with those reward pathways and sort of hijack them. So the entire focus of a person's life goes towards getting the drug and experiencing the reward, and the other things like taking care of themselves drop away. Gambling is a behavior, and some people, not everyone, literally has the same effect as cocaine. It, it, it stimulates that center and is intensely euphorgenic. I treated a person for gambling problems who um, was like a professional football player. He said that after he retired, he could never capture the feeling of running out into the field and people cheering for him. And and then he got into gambling. And he said that when he had $50,000 on the blackjack table, it was the same feeling as being out in the field. And he he lived for that. And he he said he didn't gamble to win money. He gambled to get that feeling. For other people, it's disassociating they get a, a numbness or a disconnection. It would be a tranquilizing effect. It would be an effect like an opiate, like a pain medication, where your feelings get numbed. One of my friends in Louisiana was a neuropsychologist, and he found that for most people, after something like 17 to 18 minutes of playing a slot machine, that basically they developed a functional lobotomy. The same effect is basically separating your frontal lobes, a part of your brain that is concerned about planning and the future and and social judgments, all that sort of thing. That just gets turned off. It just gets disconnected. And some people like that. It's a respite from whatever problems they're struggling with in their life. So it's it's like a, a brief escape. Addiction just means that something has taken over your life. And very clearly for some people, gambling does that. They will steal, they'll commit crimes. Um, It distorts one's sense of reality. That's the very definition, that an addiction interferes with free will. And whether it's a physical substance, whether it's alcohol, whether it's cocaine, whether it's gambling, when they become addictive, it's at least interfering with free will. This is Amy Standen for Philosophy Talk. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.